0: So we are continuing on in a series based on the book of Philippians, uh, a series called Joyful, uh, because it is based on this letter that Paul wrote to the Christians in Philippi, uh, a letter that is very encouraging and cheerful and filled with joy. And he writes to those Christians in Philippi about a lot of the same issues and situations that we as Christians face today. Over these, this last month and a half now, we've been in this series for quite some time, but um, we have discussed a variety of topics, haven't we? All revolving around this theme of joy. We've talked about how to live with joy, right? Especially when life is difficult and painful. We talked about the joy of, of how to experience the joy of living a godly life. And you know, just doing the right thing. And then last weekend, we talked about the joy that you can experience when you manage the pressures in your life and live a life that is filled with reduced stress. It's, you know, less stress. Today, we're going to continue on, and we're going to look at Philippians 4, verses 10 through 13. Uh, If you have a Bible, you can look it up or pull it up on your phone app. For those of you who are watching from home, again, follow along. Otherwise, uh, the words will be on the screens But today what we're going to do is we're going to look at how to experience the joy of living a life that is just, it's content. How to experience contentment in life. And this is an important topic to talk about because if you watch commercials, which you probably do, then you also know that the vast majority of those commercials are all about telling you that contentment is something that can be worn or eaten or played or sprayed on or lived in or driven or inhaled or whatever. But that's not the case. Actually Paul would say that there are two facts about contentment you should all know and the first fact about contentment is that contentment is not dependent upon your circumstances let me say that again contentment is not dependent upon your circumstances okay so you can ha- you can own and possess what you have and own and possess and what you uh, the joy and contentment that you experience They are totally detached from each other. Just think of the life of Paul, for example. Paul at times had nothing, and yet he had joy and contentment. And then there were times when Paul had over an abundance of things, and guess what? He still had joy and contentment, right? Contentment is totally independent of your circumstances. What you have and possess, has no bearing on the joy and contentment that you can feel and experience in your life. In Philippians 4, Paul, uh, verse 10, Paul says this. He says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. So even though the Christians living in the city of Philippi wanted to support Paul's ministry but couldn't, it didn't matter. Those were the circumstances. Paul had joy and contentment. Why? Because he found contentment based not on what was around him but who's inside of him. And we'll talk about that in a minute. The second fact about contentment that I think you're going to want to know is that contentment is learned. Okay, so contentment is not a personality trait that some of you over here have, and sorry, but you don't. That's not how it works. It's not something you're born with. It's not something that you just automatically get. It is a learned behavior, and Paul mentions that at least twice in verses 11 and 12. Paul says this. He says, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have, here it is, learned to be content, whatever the circumstances." And he goes on, he says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. Again, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Contentment is learned. Think about it this way. If God's a teacher, and he's trying to teach you how to be content, well, he certainly isn't going to give you everything that you could possibly want the moment you want it, right? Because what is that going to teach you? Selfishness, (laughs) Selfishness, that's <laughs> just how it is. But it, it's in those times, though, when you don't have what you want, that I would argue is the greatest opportunity for you to learn to be content. It is a learned behavior. So what I want to do, based on this short little passage that we're going to look at today from Philippians 4, verses 10 to 13, is I want to look at a couple of lessons that I'd like to share with you, lessons I would encourage you to learn, lessons that I think will help you to experience the joy of living a life of contentment. Okay, game? So let's jump right in. First lesson that you're going to want to learn is you want to learn to avoid comparisons. This is not, you know, brain surgery. Just don't compare yourself to other people. Don't compare yourself to what they have or to the situation in which they are living their life. Don't do that because it will leave you dissatisfied. It will leave you discontent. Remember what Paul says, uh, second half of verse 11, Paul says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. If you want to experience the joy of living a life that is content, then you cannot, you cannot look at the people around you because there's always going to be somebody out there that you're going to find that's got it better than you, Right? That person's you know, got more money than me, or that person's got better opportunities than me, and that person has fewer problems than me, and that person has better health than me, and believe it or not, that person, well, they may, they're better looking than me. There's always something out there that you, wanna, you, you don't wanna compare yourself to other people. In 2 Corinthians 4.18, Paul says, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Comparing yourself to others, it's it's a waste of time and energy, but it's gonna leave you feeling miserable. So instead, focus on the fact that true contentment is found in what God has already given you in Jesus. It's unseen. You get it by faith. It's a relationship with God that goes into eternity, Right? That's where true source of contentment is. Still, we live in a world that is messed up, and so there are all kinds of misconceptions out there as to what it means to be content. For example, some people think that to be content, you need to have what others have. Okay, that's not true. That is a myth behind all the advertisements and fads and fashions of the day. You don't need to have what other people have to be content. Another misconception that exists out there, uh, what it means to be content is, you think you need to be liked by everybody. Again, <laughs> not true, not true. I know there are people who work hard at trying to be liked by everybody. People who will work hard trying to gain the approval of other people. But you know as well as I do, there's always somebody, isn't there? There's, just, there's always somebody who doesn't like you who's just not gonna like what you do. Even Jesus couldn't please everybody. So don't try it yourself, it's just foolish. You don't need to be liked by everyone to be content, okay? Third misconception about contentment out there is you need to have more, and recognize that one? Howard Hughes, uh, he was probably the most financially successful businessman in the world, especially in his day, was asked this question. How much money does it take to make a man happy? His response, just a little more. That is a misconception that is still out there today, isn't it? Just, just, I just need a little more. Paul says this in 1 Timothy six verses six and eight. He says, "Godliness with contentment is great gain. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with that." So, short in short, don't become obsessed with what you possess. Those things are nice. I like my things; they're nice things. But we got to remember they're temporary. They don't last. They are on loan to you from God. And once you okay, once you're done, once you're done with this world, when you die. Those things are going to go to somebody else. They're just temporary. So, so where I'm going with all this is if you want to experience a life of contentment, where you, you know, you're content with your life, the first lesson you need to remember is avoid comparisons. Stop comparing yourself to what everybody else has and who they are and everything like that. Second lesson, to be content, learn to adjust to change changes happen life can be just a series of you know ups and downs roller coasters of you know the changes financially relationally emotionally mentally physically all kinds of changes that happen in your life some of those changes are drastic like the changes we're experiencing right now because of the pandemic Who would have thought, right? Massive changes. Some changes are certainly very important and needed, and I hope will happen with regards to racial equality in our country. But the point is that change is gonna happen. It's going to come, okay? It's just a matter of time. My question is, how are you going to handle those changes when they strike? I mean, when when change happens, do you get angry? Mm. Do you get defensive? Do you become fearful or worried? If you want to experience the joy of living a life of contentment, be willing to adjust to those changes as they come. Paul did. In verse 12, Paul, again, let me read this again. Paul says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. He says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul had some pretty good times in his life, but he also had some pretty awful times in his life, right? And as he's writing this letter to the Philippians, he's old, he's tired, he's worn out, and oh yeah, he's chained to a Roman soldier 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That could not have been fun. But Paul was able to find joy and contentment in in spite of that, because he was willing to adjust to his changes in his life. Despite the circumstances in which he found himself, He was able to be content. He was able to be flexible because of that. Now, as you can imagine, there are all types of circumstances in which you can find yourself. All kinds of circumstances throughout the given day, and some are very common. One of the more common types of circumstances in which you may find yourself are the kind that you can control and you do. All right, so you're watching TV, you want to change the channel, what do you do? You pick up the remote and you change it. So you can, you can do that. If you're hungry, you get up, you go to the refrigerator, you get something to eat. Those are circumstances that are very common. You can control them and you do. Other common types of circumstances are those that you can control, but you don't. You just decide, ah, it's not that big of a deal. Or you don't want to expend the energy, but you don't do anything with those circumstances. The third kind of circumstances, though, which I believe do require for you to be a little bit more flexible are those that you cannot change. Those that are completely out of your power. You you have no power to change the situation in which you find yourself. It is out of your control. In those moments, if you want to learn to be content, to live a life of contentment, then I think it's important for you in that moment to be willing to adjust. It's helpful to adapt, to be flexible in those situations. And not just to the circumstances in which you find yourself, but even to the people around you. People who may not think that they need to change, or people who just flat out don't want to change. Okay, you need to be willing to adjust to people too. And Paul addresses how we can in Romans 12 verse 18. He says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Live at peace with everyone. So the second lesson, if you want to experience the joy of a life of contentment, learn to adjust to the changes that are sure to come your way. Be willing to adapt. Be willing to be flexible. Adjust to changes. Third lesson that helps to live a life of contentment is to draw on Christ's power. Learn to draw on Christ's power. While it's important for you, certainly, to... You know, to, to avoid comparisons and also to adjust to changes, it is critical, it is critical that you draw on Christ's power because it, contentment is found in Him and in Him alone. And Paul understood that. That's why he was able to say in verse 13 of Philippians 4 I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Remember, joy and contentment are not based on what's around you, but who's inside you. Remember, we talked about that a minute ago. True contentment is not found in what you have, but whose you are. And for all of you sitting here in this place, for those of you watching at home, you belong to God. You belong to God when you, by the work and the power of the Holy Spirit, believe that you have been bought and paid for through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. You belong to God when you trust that you have been restored in a relationship with God because Jesus was nailed to a cross for you. He he, he took your sins for you. He died for you. By God's grace, you are forgiven and you are adopted into his family. For many of you, that happened when you were baptized. But now as a child of God, as his son or daughter, God wants you to understand that you have strength available to you. Strength and it can allow you to feel a sense of contentment regardless of your circumstances. So even if your life you know even if the kids are tearing up the house in your life right now, or you know your finances are a mess or your job situation is still pretty bleak, or your health or the health of a loved one is just getting worse, in spite of your circumstances, you can have peace because of what's inside of you. The knowledge you belong to God, right? You have God's unconditional love and mercy in Jesus. Heaven is your home. So so what does that mean? It means that if you're going through a particular situation in your life and you are feeling dissatisfied, unhappy, discontent, it's probably a sign you are leaning too much on your own strength instead of leaning on the strength of Christ. Right, fatigue and a lack of contentment happen when you try to live life based on your power and not Christ's power. Remember what Paul says? I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Strength. That word strength, is, that's, a, that's a neat word. In the Greek, the Greek word for strength is dunamis, from which we get the word dynamite or, or dynamo. Most of us know what dynamite is. Do you know what a dynamo is? A dynamo is something that gives continual energy, like, you know, know, some kind of a generator. It's just always gonna produce energy for you. Jesus is your dynamo, though. Jesus is your source of nonstop power. He is your, your constant source of energy that you need so that no matter what the circumstances, you can live a life that is content in him. So again, if you want to experience the joy of living a life of contentment, lesson number three that is very important is draw on Christ's power, on Christ who gives you strength. Fourth lesson to learn, in order to live a life where you are content is to trust God to meet your needs. Trust that God is going to meet all your needs. Ultimately, that is where your source of joy and contentment is going to flow. That's where it's going to come from, right there. In the last part of of Philippians 4, so we're going to skip ahead out of what we're looking at today in verse 19. Paul says this, my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. Notice Paul doesn't say, I'm gonna meet only, God's only gonna meet some of your needs or most of your needs or just the needs that are spiritual and religious. He says, all of them, all of them. And that's something you can count on because God met your biggest need in Jesus, right? Our biggest problem, your problem, my problem. The problem of this world is that we are sinners and our sin has separated us from a holy God. Our biggest need is to have that sin barrier that stands between us and our holy God. We need that barrier broken down so that we can be restored back into a relationship with God. And praise be to God, that happened in Jesus Christ. Praise be to God, that happened through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Now, you and I, we, everyone, by the Spirit's power who believe that Jesus is their Savior... We are forgiven and saved by God's grace. That is amazing. But that's our biggest need. And God has met that need for us. As Paul says, through his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So here's where I'm going with all of this. And I've shared this truth with you multiple times, but it just bears repeating. If God is able to handle your biggest need, can he handle all your other needs as well? Yes or no? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jesus identifies this. In Matthew 6, he says, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. What is it saying? Paul or Jesus is saying, put God in his kingdom first and God will take care of all your needs. You put God at the center of your life and he will take care of all of those details. And that, my friends, is where you find true joy and contentment. So which of the four lessons do you need to learn or maybe relearn? Have you learned how foolish it is to compare yourself to other people that it really just turns you into somebody who's jealous or envious or or proud or miserable? What about that second lesson? Have you learned how important it is to be flexible and to be adaptive and and to adjust to the changes in life that are sure sure to come? What about the third lesson? Have you learned how frustrating it can be when you try to go through life based on your strength and not on Christ's strength? Have you come to understand that true contentment is when you draw on Christ's power and him alone? And what about the last lesson? Have you come to trust, to God, to trust God to meet all your needs? I mean, if he can meet the biggest need, your need to be forgiven and saved, do you trust that he can to meet all those other needs as well? Please don't misunderstand me. When I'm, when I'm talking about contentment, I am not saying that you need to pretend or that you somehow need to con yourself into thinking that you really like what's happening in your life. You really do like it when you really don't. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that contentment, contentment is, is when you get to that point where you say, it doesn't matter where I'm going through or what's happening around me, okay? It, it doesn't matter what I'm going through, what's happening around me, because with Christ's power in me, I can cope. With Christ's power in me, I can handle it. I may not like the situation that I'm in, but I've learned to be content in it anyway. Does that make sense? So I can live independent of my circumstances because I know they have no bearing on the joy and contentment I find and have in Jesus. That's what Paul's talking about here in this passage. So let me just challenge you in a couple of ways real quick. Yep, see, that's my alarm. I gotta wrap it up. So just, let me just share real quick with you three challenges for this week. Number one, I wanna challenge you to connect with God each day this week. Connect with God, get in his word, talk to him in prayer each day of the week. And in this, one of those days, read Philippians 4, verses 10 through 13. Second, I want to challenge you to remember that contentment is not based on your circumstances. This is so important. It is not based on what's around you. Remember, it's not based on the circumstances. It's based on who's inside of you. It's based on Jesus. And then the third challenge is I really want to challenge you to rely on Jesus to be your dynamo, to be that ultimate unending sense of power and energy through whom all of your needs are met and in whom you find True joy, the true joy that comes from a life of contentment. Would you pray with me, please? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for, again, speaking to us through your word. This letter written by Paul to the Philippians, it's so powerful. Forgive us for for trying to find contentment in the things of this world that are only temporary. Help us instead to recall these lessons that we've learned and put them into practice so that we can experience true sense of contentment and joy found only in you. Jesus, we love you, and we pray this in your great and holy name. Amen. All right, so um, in this uh, portion of our worship, we're going to uh, take a moment to just uh, think about all the blessings that God has given to us. And um, normally this is a time when we would gather our offerings, but those offerings will be taken when you come up for communion. For those of you who are here, those of you watching for home, there are five ways by which you can give, uh, five ways by which you can share the blessings that God has given to you. And and I just want to thank you in advance. uh, As you give, as an act of love, and as an act of worship to the God who loved you first in Jesus. Thank you for supporting the ministries that we continue to do here. I know things are still kind of shut down, and you know there are a lot of things that still aren't quite back to normal, but we are still doing ministry full bore. I mean, the throttles are wide open. People are still in need, and we're meeting those needs. And we are able to do that because of your generous giving. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you in advance for supporting the ministry that God has called us to carry out here in this community and and beyond. Thank you, and may God bless you as, as you give, again, as an act of love and worship in Jesus.